Okay. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahirrabbilalamin. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla. Wa anta tajlul hazna idha shi'ta sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatik. Ya Rabbil Kareem. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Hope everybody is doing uh, uh, well. Uh, just making sure my head's a bit spinning, so let me just make sure. First of all, yep, that's recording. We've got a picture here, yeah, yep, I think we do. Um, so the first question that I have for you guys before we start, right, is how good is the sound? If I hadn't asked that question, would you have thought that there's any difference between? Um, last week and um, or whenever you heard me last yeah I want to know whether there's a palpable difference in sound quality okay just tell me your thoughts okay whilst I get myself a bit ready and um, that filters through and uh, yeah right that's interesting that's very, very interesting. So only Mariam is saying it's quite low. But for the majority of folks, they're saying actually it's the same. It sounds, and some people are even saying good. But most people are saying that there's no difference. And that's the, that's the, uh, some people are saying it's hollow. Some saying it's sharper. Some saying it's not. All right, that's good. As long as, as long as um, there's no major difference, then I want to stick to this new one because it's easier for me. All right. It's less, it's less uh, headache and hassle for myself. All right. And you can give me feedback, you know, across. Um, you can give me a feedback on it. So, yeah, try, try a reach doing what Mariam just did, just actually turning the volume off, which kind of helps. I heard. That's what I heard them say. Yeah, and I said if you turn the volume up, uh, yeah, I don't know. All right, folks. Um, so today, inshallah, jazakumullah khair for attending on time. Um, today we are on page four, uh, page sixteen of the commentary. And in terms of our text, then we are, yeah. We're going to start with Adn al Kamal. Alright? And so, therefore, in the Arabic, someone wants to paste it into the, the, the thingy box, then that's great. If they want to do that. Um, so, where was. Uh, one second. Um. Where is it in the Arabic? Where are you, Arabic? Ewa. So, Wa Adna al Kamal. Kamal, good to see you, bro. Don't eat all the chocolate, bro. It is all for the kids, not a single one for Luti, alright? The thing is that Lutz thinks that the chocolate's for her. She's lost her mind. The worst Yanni rendition of Bukhto we've ever seen in our entire life, and she thinks we're getting chocolate for it. باغل. Right. وأدنى الكمال ثلاث ركعات بسلامين يقرأ في الأولى ب 
بسبح وفي الثانية بالكافرون وفي الثالثة بالإخلاص ويكنت فيها بعد الرقوع ويقول اللهم اهدني في من هديت وعافني في من عافيت وتولني في من توليت وبارك لي فيما أعطيت وقني شر ما قضيت إنك تقضي ولا يقضى عليك إنه لا يدل من واليت ولا يعز من عاديت تبارك ربنا وتعاليت اللهم إني أعوذ برضاك من سخطك وبعفوك من عقوبتك وبك منك لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد ويمسح وجهه بيديه ويقره قنوته في غير الوتر إلا أن تنزل بالمسلمين نازلة غير الطاعون فيقنط الإمام في الفرائض Obviously we're not getting anywhere near there Standard Magar uh, You know uh, Might as well just read it Right, the English translation, folks The basic complete version is three units with two taslims Reciting Surah Al-A'la in the first, Surah Al-Kafirun in the second, and Surah Al-Ikhlas in the third. Okay, this is your standard Witr prayer, right? One performs the Qunut after the Ruku' saying, O oh Allah, guide me along with those whom you have guided. Pardon me along with those whom you have pardoned. Be an ally to me along with those whom you are an ally to, and bless for me that which you have bestowed. Protect me from the evil you have decreed, for verily you decree and none can decree over you. For of a surety he whom you show allegiance to is never abased, and he whom you take as an enemy is never honoured and mighty. O our Lord, blessed and exalted are you. And then the second dua, O oh Allah, I take refuge within your pleasure from your displeasure and within your pardon from your punishment. And I take refuge in you from you. We cannot enumerate your praise. You are as you have praised yourself. And then finally the general salam, O oh Allah, send salutations upon Muhammad and the family of Muhammad. Then he wipes his face with both hands. It is dislike for one to perform the qunut except in the witr unless there is a calamity which afflicts the Muslims for which the imam does the qunut in the obligatory prayers. This is not done for the plague. Okay? Yes, Abdul Ghaffar, you do. Alright? Meaning that they're there to download, that they're available and Salange, mashallah, does a great job um, putting it up. It's under study material, under the tab study material and Solange has put a link to it. Etc. 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 Um, so, absolutely yes. Amara Shukri has a very beautiful rendition of the Witter on video and a longer one as well. All right, folks. So today we're going to speak about that. All right, a lot about uh, three rakaat, dua, kunut, concept of before, after. I don't know how much we get through. Let's have a look and see what happens. All right. So on page sixteen, Sheikh says, "Wa'adna al-kamal rakaatin." Bisalamini. Adn al Kamal, right, is difficult to try to translate that. Okay? MashaAllah Fiza, you are so MashaAllah, you're so ahead of it. MashaAllah Fiza, you don't want anything else done in between just that one. MashaAllah Fiza. Um Adn al Kamal is is um there's a literal translation of Adn al Kamal 
which doesn't make any sense. And then you've got the kind of like uh, technical meaning of Adna al-Kamal, which is probably what we go with. Adna al-Kamal basically means, like Kamal means the perfect kind of thing. Now, when you know that perfection is going to be in doing more and lots and high quality, then we know that it can come become it can become a little bit unrealistic or a bit difficult to achieve, like doing thirteen rakat or like doing eleven rakat or whatever. So, um, it's almost like this is not necessarily the case, but it's almost like the word adna, right, was kind of introduced to kind of say, hey, this is really good. I mean, like Zakaria said, the lowest perfection, right? And that's actually what it it it, it kind of linguistically tra- tra- translates as the lowest perfection. And uh, I mean, that's a horrible phrase, isn't it? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. The lowest perfection. So I translated it as the basic, complete version. That's what I translated it as. And Adnal Kamal, all right. We should have a discussion, actually. Let's have your opinions, those who are, are aware of this phrase and what it means in a different madhabs. Because, by the way, when you study some, when you study fiqh in different schools, Adn al-Kamal has, a, has almost a local meaning as well. Almost like a local dialect kind of meaning. And it's specific to the madhab in terms of what they're trying to say. Sometimes they even attach some kind of legal, some kind of reward aspect onto it as well. That's why it starts to get a bit yani, ropey, to be honest. Okay? It's interesting what Maryam said, right? You barely got it perfect. You barely got it perfect. That's interesting, actually. That's kind of what we're talking about. But is it? I don't know. I don't know. It's very difficult, actually. I'm willing to hear your opinions. Zakaria said, which is perfect, which means, which I have no idea what that, what that refers to. But anyway, I've gone with basic complete version. What's your opinions, guys? Let's, let's take that apart. I think we can do better, but when I read it, I did feel comfortable. Now, obviously, you see, you look at the lowest form of excellence, the lowest fo- level of completion, right? And you just you, you you feel put off once you've introduced the word lowest, okay? Then you see Harris is saying, "I don't like basic complete because it insinuates anything less is not complete," right? And that's a good point. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Is it? Abid saying barely got it perfect is grammatically incorrect. I don't know. Now, I wanted to go bare minimum, by the way. I wanted to go bare minimum. Um, but it's not. It's, it's, it's actually... It's it, obviously it's not bare minimum because one is a bare minimum, so it's it, it's it's incorrect. That's why I like the basic complete version. I mean, I haven't checked it with anybody. That's just me. I, I like that the basic complete version. The argument that anything less than the basic complete version is going to be less. No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Uh. Uh. I, I don't think so. Right, because. Yeah, I don't think it's necessary to say 
that the thing underneath the basic complete version is the basic incomplete version. I think it's okay to say the basic complete version is this and the bare minimum is that. That is in my in my head, bare minimum, the basic complete version, and then so on. Okay? And I have to say, I have to say what Mustafa has said with standard, I I, I like. Okay? I like uh, standard. And also, and also, we have to remember that the Prophet ﷺ liked three. Right? But he very rarely restricted it to three. That's why basic needs to be there. And once you start talking about, when you, when you start includes excellence and uh, in the in the phraseology, and you have minimum, and you have words, you're kind of getting into you're kind of getting into a problem. Yeah, and I do get it that if you have basic complete, then under then the one less than that is basic incomplete. My theory is is that I get that that someone could think that, but you don't have to. Okay, you don't have to. Uh, meaning that you could think that it's bare minimum. Basic complete version, and I think some of you might say, "Hold on, that's 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 too much of a jump." That underneath basic complete is incomplete. If you think so, then I'm happy to take, call it the basic standard. Okay. But there is meant to be a feeling bad about the ones, without no without feeling that you've done something makro or a sin. There is meant to be a feel bad. The, the believers are meant to be acting and are aiming higher, going further, and so on. It's a minimum, right? One less is basic lacking. I don't know what that means. But I, I just want to know. Yeah, so it's the basic standard version. The reason I didn't go with basic standard is because it's a very quality Prayer three rakat because it's better than one, right? You can see how difficult this was, right? This is all the stuff that I went through in my head when I was when I was trying to translate it. So we're not we're not. Uh, that's a very good point as well, by the way, Adil. When people use this, when people use this phrase, they are not focusing on legality. One is one is frowned upon in certain audiences. Practicing Muslims shouldn't be flapping around with one rakah. You get what I'm trying to say? So, baseline, I don't know if I feel that. The basic standard version of of Witter is three units or two Taslims. The basic standard version. So we can have a little discussion about that maybe. Carry on with that. I don't know. Yeah. Economy, business and first class. Maybe. Maybe. Can ha well, you see the irony. The irony, Mariam, is that it's actually, uh, it's actually premium. It's economy, premium economy, business and first class, because economy would be no, with her. That's a miskeen enter the night. We do not consider this to be an obligation per se, right? That's the issue. Yeah, and I do agree, Sara. You can over overthink this. I'm happy with the basic complete version. There, there, there is a reason why I put complete. 
The reason I put complete is because it is a high quality prayer, three. You've got to show some love there and some respect, right? And um, we don't want Pax to know that they can do one because, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Expected standard is going too far from the, the word Adn al Kamal. Anyway, have a think about it, guys, right? But you understand the challenge, all right? Basic, acceptable. You see, when I see basic, acceptable, that's the definition of one. The basic, acceptable version is one raka'ah. The basic, complete version, preferred version, recommended, yani, without saying those words, is the three. Anyway, you now understand, and it's not looking at it from a legal angle. It's not. Or, 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 what I mean by that is that Adn al-Kamal, when it's used in madhahib, when they're talking about prayer holistically and so on, they don't necessarily mean it, um, you know, they don't really mean it in a legal sense. All right. So the basic complete version, right, is three units with two taslims. All right. And Sheikh says, as, we've, as we covered before, I think we covered last week, that that would basically mean, you know, praying two raka'ah and then saying, Salaamu Alaikum Warahmatullah, Salaamu Alaikum Warahmatullah, standing up, praying one raka'ah by itself. That's what it means. Three units or two taslims. Two taslims, by the way, doesn't mean one, two. It means one, and then you understand what I mean, right? Because technically, two taslim means Salaamu Alaikum Warahmatullah, Salaamu Alaikum Warahmatullah. And actually, I wonder whether I need to change my translation because in the Arabic it says bisalamain with two salams, right? But salam doesn't in of itself also mean a set of taslims, okay? A set. And so, I don't know. I might have to also change that wording as well. Two pairs of taslims. You get what I'm saying? What do you think about that one? So the basic complete version is three units with two pairs of taslim. Two taslim. I might put a bracket, two pairs of taslim. Yeah? To indicate it means do two raka'ah, salamu alaykum wa rahmatullah, salamu alaykum wa rahmatullah, that's a pair of taslim. Then stand up again, Allahu Akbar, and start again, and then finish that with two more. You get what I'm trying to say? Um, although Zakaria has made a good point. He's made a good point. It's legally speaking, it's correct because it's one wajib. One is wajib each time. Once you've said a salam, you're out of the prayer. I think that's probably the reason why they did it. That's a good spot, that uh, Zakaria. That's a good spot. That's probably, that's probably why they did that. That's very, very good. So now the question is, what do we translate it as? All right. What do we give it? What so do we stick to two taslims? Well, as well stick to two taslims. Because the author means by that exit from the prayer with just one. You know that's such a good uh, observation, Zakari. I'm so impressed. Well done, mashallah. You earn yourself another two days yani, on the website. Well done, bro. Right. Okay. So. The basic complete version is three and two taslims. All right. And as we covered last week, he is also allowed to do it in with one, meaning that the three raka'ah uh, 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 would all be one go. Okay? So it would be 
you know, start from the beginning right to the very end, only one tashahud, okay? So that would be uh, uh, that would be it. This is the basic complete. So shouldn't it be two sets as part of that? No, because I think what he's just trying to kind of you know when you say shouldn't it be two sets? He is basically trying to. He's not really. You know because you don't say two taslimatani. That's why. That's the reason. Alright? Okay? <laughs> you don't... Yeah. I, I don't think about that. What about the standard number of raka'at for Adnan al-Kamal? Even though it doesn't mention the number of raka'at. Yeah, he said Adnan al-Kamal is three. Wa Adnan al-Kamal thalath raka'at. It's three units. With two taslims. I'll beat you, bro. Don't challenge me like that. That's like Arsenal challenging United. We'll just win. Right. So... Um... But not with, so this three raka'at, the second way of doing it, which is with one taslim, okay, it is not done with two tashahuds, okay? It's not done with two tashahuds, only one, because if you did it with two, then you've made it like Salatul Maghrib, which the Prophet ﷺ prohibited in the hadith that we consider to be authentic, alright? Um, this hadith narrated by Ibn Majah, and... Uh, in uh, by uh, by Ibn Hibban, sorry, in his Sahih, two four two nine by Imam Dar Qutni by Imam Al Hakim, and he said that this is authentic according to the conditions of a Shaykhain, Bukhari and Muslim, even though they did not narrate it. Okay, and Ibn Hajar said that its chain is upon the conditions of a Shaykhain. And as I said. A number of scholars consider this hadith to be authentic. And I also told you that Imam Zaylai, he didn't. Right? Which is, or they did, and they explained why when you say don't make it like Maghrib, it doesn't mean that don't pray or two tashahuds. That whole discussion argument, we've said, Yani, what we've said. Um, I can't see how you are coming with two individual one salams. Well, it's technically possible, right? You only need one salam to exit from the prayer. He said two salams. Whether his intention by the word singular salam means both or not is actually irrelevant because um, both work. It's just that to say two taslimatain, two twos, you know, either way it's not, it's not so important. The minimum units of the optimal form of witr is three. And you see, then that's a good sentence then. The minimum units of the optimal form of witr is three. Bit long though, in it the basic complete version, the minimum units of the optimum form of witter is gone really far from the translation. The minimum units of the optimal form are three. Yeah, I don't know. I think about that. I like it in terms of its English, but I think it's a bit long. All right, then the sheikh says, moving on, please ca- uh, capture all this discussion or in some note form somebody so that we can discuss it either on the group or Mesa. With myself. Um, doesn't uh, Al-Hakim's upon the conditions of Shaykhin just mean that the same Rijal are in the chain? That's not an exact guarantee that, that are upon their conditions. So obviously that's something that inshallah one day, well certainly not an LP because that's very very much yeah, any part of Hadith. The statement of Al-Hakim upon the conditions of Shaykhin literally is almost meaningless. Alright, I'm not going to lie. Uh, but 
you know. But when Zahab, when when Ibn Hajar used to say that, that was not his intention. I'll say that much for for now, right? Without turning this into a hadith class. But the point is, is that Al Hakim, um, with our greatest respect, him is a great scholar, Subhanallah. But honestly, it's like you know, hardly has any value for toffee, really. And you know, without any disrespect, but then that's so much disrespectful, so I don't even know how to say that. But absolutely, um, does not mean the conditions of a sheikhain, right? It absolutely does not. People get a bit carried away like that, and that's what happened, you know. And um, that's what happens today with that when you start reading like the modern books that are put together. A lot of people, yani, what they do, especially these people who are not yani muhaddithin or yani, what they their form of checking a hadith. Is to find the Rijal of Bukhari and Muslim, and if they're in the chain in some form, then they say, Yeah. And in fairness, not just the modern generation, but in the old days as well. And that's why the Naqid, the one top level Muhaddith, they look for Ilal. Ilal means that the chain is absolutely sound, it looks great. The people are there, they're hearing from each other, but the Ilal is a hidden fault, right? Something that can't be seen. And it's often behind the scenes, behind the names, what you're not basically seeing. That's the top guys, right? So, oh, absolutely, uh, with that, what you just said. Um, all right, let's go on. So, in the first unit, we recite uh, from Sabbi Hisma Rabbikal A'la. All of it. And then in the second raka'ah, we recite Qul Ya Ayyuhal Kafirun, all of it. And then in the third raka'ah, we recite Surah Al-Ikhlas. Uh, uh, okay? And this is based from the hadith of Ubay bin Ka'b radiallahu anhu, narrated by, uh, by Imam Abu Dawood uh, in his Sunan 1433. Okay? Um, and it's narrated in other uh, books as well. This hadith is Sahih. Um, <laughs> they said that if you say with all due respect that you intend zero respect. Right, that's why I don't like saying that phrase because now, yeah, with all due respect, always hurts more. I, I, you know, it is true. The problem is, is that when you actually genuinely do mean respect, then what on earth do you say? It's, it's you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. So you might as well just, just say it and just say your phrase and just walk on and just jog on in it. Right, so that being said, that being said, this is uh, obviously. Uh, these three surahs, I think everybody aware. And also the interesting one is uh, to recite uh, in the third raka'ah, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ اللَّهُ صَمَدٌ And then follow it up with قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقِ And then follow it up with قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ These three, when it's done together, although people have seen that, okay, uh, people have seen that and probably said it as well, from a sunnah, from a hadith, from a hadith point of view, it is not as authentically established as this version. I want people to know that, even though it is there. Okay, it is there. Marina Yani is yeah, this Marina. Yeah, she's scary. You know that. I didn't Yani chat about anything. Like I didn't go into chocolate. I didn't go into urtrul. Like this has been the most marina of all marina classes and she is still not satisfied. And you know what? She's absolutely correct. I am so drained. 
I am so drained, yeah? And I thought that, you know, I could blag it. Could just be the microphone, by the way. Could just be the microphone that it is not picking up. You know, by the way, right? Let's see. Let's now carry on the rest of the uh, thingy, right? So that, okay, folks, yeah? Because I can't change my energy level. I honestly can't. I could go sleep though, right now, though. I like, I, right? Diet Coke, I can't even go to. Everybody's falling asleep. My voice is falling asleep. Everybody, yeah, and the kids are over there having a heart attack. Yeah, and you think what was going on? The most boring lesson in history. Yeah, no, some, some are good, some are not in it. I mean, what can you do? Anyway, is this microphone that much better? Don't be hating now. Don't be saying, oh, this is incredible. This is amazing. This is great. Blah, blah, blah. Because that's going to really upset me, man. That's what I'm talking about. Terrible sound. Yes. This is what I need. I need to hear negatives. Okay. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Mashallah, you'd let him. How, Hippa, how do we say? Hey, mashallah, you'd let him. Hey, mashallah. Hey, mashallah, you'd let him. All right. Hey, mashallah. All right, that's good. That's very good because that makes it so much more uh, easier for me, man. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Be honest, though, okay? Honestly, be honest. All right? Tell me the new one, honestly, is really, you sick guy. MashaAllah, you'd let him. All right, good. This will stick to this from now on, by the way. We're going to stick to this, okay? All right? MashaAllah. Right. Um... Let's get moving, okay? Because Marina is like not happy, right? And you know what? I have I'm also got I've also got to admit I am also not happy. Okay? Honestly, Zakaria, be honest. Alright? See? That's the only person I care about. Mesra, right? Listening with headphones. They're the one, Yani, you know, which is you know, they they know what's going on, bro. Alright? Okay. So, um, Uh, by the way, uh, Sheikh makes a point, you know, that uh, 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 the surah is, of course, kafirun. Hadi bismillah, hadi bismillah. So, uh, um, however, in if we were going to say this grammatically correctly, it would be kafirin, right? But normally when you are talking about uh, something that, uh, you know, has a name and an established name, and especially when it comes to Qur'an, then we generally avoid applying a grammatical rule because the sentence has changed from kafirun to kafirin, right? Just so that you're, um, just so that you're aware. Okay. Um, so those, these are the, these are um, the three. Okay. And then we have what's called the qunut. So I think everybody's happy with the surah. Obviously, after Surah Al-Fatiha, 
Then we have the concept of the qunut. Now, the word qunut is a very interesting one. I was reading what um, Ibn Qayyim said about it. So nice, actually. All right. The word qunut is... Okay, one second. He said, I'm going to translate. He said, Ibn Qayyim said in Zad al-Ma'ad, فَإِنَّ الْقُنُوتَ يُطْلَقُ عَلَى الْقِيَامِ وَالسُّكُوتِ وَالدَّوَامُ الْعِبَادَةِ وَالدُّعَاءِ وَالتَّسْبِيحِ وَالْخُشُوعِ That the word قُنُوت, alright, not just really linguistically, because it means to be devout, alright, to be focused, it means, yeah, I need to be intent, right? But what, when it's a uh, قُنُوت in its general and its holistic and its technical uh, game sense, it means to stand. It means to be silent. It means to continuously worship. That's where the devout worship comes from. Right? It means dua. It means tasbih. And it means khushua. And um, you know what? Linguistically, it might be fair to say that it is closer to khushu' than any of these and khushu' okay khushu' itself means to be very still right khushu' means to be still so when you understand that that khushu' means to be very very calm very very still qunut also is one of those meanings stillness then everything else makes sense you know silence then fits with stillness and being in the frame of mind of continual worship, you know, and yani, you know, being uh, devout, keeping in there, you know, silence also indicates someone working very hard and not being distra- distracted. Submission, I mean, we can add it, although, again, none of these words are linguistically kind of uh, uh, linked. In any case, someone who's qanit, waqumu lillahi qanitin. All right, includes all of these yani, meanings. Stand for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yani, like stand up for something you believe in. That's yani, the ibadah aspect. It means the, obviously the physical standing as well. It means being devout. It means yani, being focused. So, you know, the, uh, the, that whole concept is great. As Sheikh Uthameen says, that the, uh, and he goes, um, one of the meanings on page uh, 17. He says, and khushur, as Allah says, waqumu lillahi qanitin in Surah Al-Baqarah, verse two hundred and thirty-eight, um, and it is like He said, wasadqat bi kalimati Rabbiha, wa kutubihi wa kanat min al-qanitin. Okay, in Surah Tahrim, right? So, um, and this is of course talking about Maryam al-Islam, and then dua. It means dua, and here its meaning is dua. The qunut here means du'a. So now we're speaking about du'a with her. Alright? Or qunut with her. And that's how you got to appreciate this concept. That the qunut is a du'a that occurs in the prayer. And you're about to find out, if you didn't know, that actually the qunut in the prayer is actually least narrated in the witr. In actual fact, I am not sure that I know of a banging authentic hadith of the Prophet ﷺ reciting himself the qunut in witr. I'm not sure. But I'm, you know, that's probably my memory. 
more than anything else. The most authentic hadith that talk about the qunut in witr are in the obligatory prayer. And as we're going to come to see, those occur when there's a calamity that affects the Muslims, what we call qunut al-nazila. So when it comes to the issue of actual qunut um, in the witr prayer, we go with it, and you're going to see the reason we go with it, but I just want to kind of like, you know, uh, uh, you know, calm, not calm, but, but, but temper people's expectations about the qunut. And, you know, subhanAllah, uh, it's a question that, you know, obviously, uh, I've been teaching fiqh Islam for many years. Um, and I think it's one of the big kind of areas that it does, uh, you know, educate a lot of Muslims on. The fact that one shouldn't do it all the time. It's not so established as people think it is. That it's very flexible where it goes before the ruku'ah, after the ruku'ah. And, and so on and so forth. And, you know, we'll cover some of that now, inshallah. Okay? So anyway, let's just go in order of Sheikh Uthamin as opposed to me, Yani, rambling. Because that's exactly what Marina picked up on. I'm rambling, rambling, rambling. All right. So after the ruku'ah, okay, in the third raka'ah, in the third raka'ah, so Sheikh says that from the apparent statement of our author, what he's basically saying after the third, after the ruku'ah, is this is after Rabbana wa lakal hamd. Alright? Rabbana wa lakal hamd. Right? And then, and then, you know, obviously when you say that, Rabbana wa lakal hamd, we know that there are certain dua that you say. Hamdan kathiran tayyiban mubarakan fi. And these are, of course, these are things that you say when you're standing up. So I want you to imagine when you're in ruku'ah, alright? When, you, when you're in ruku'ah, samiyallahu liman hamidah, Rabbana wa lakal hamd, right? And... At this point now, you have completed the ruku'ah and you are standing and your bones and body and limbs are all relaxed. And now what's going to happen is you're going to say, Hamdan kathiran tayyiban mubarakan fi mil as-samawati wa mil al-ard and all of your adhkar. Okay? If you look at what the author is suggesting, yani from the open, from just, the, you know, just a basic kind of a glance, it suggests that you make dua after Rabbana wa hamd, and not include the dhikr. Um, Sheikh Uthameen, he makes a statement here which was explained very nicely by Ibn Taymiyyah in a famous statement. You know, it goes around on the social media and stuff. Um, Sheikh says that if a person actually waits and carries on, hamdan kathiran tayyiban mubarakan fi, standing there, مِلْ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمِلْ الْأَرْضِ وَمِلْ أَمَاشِئِ مَنْ شَيْءٍ بَعْدِ أَهْلَ الثَّنَاءُ وَالْمَجْدَ حَقُّ مَا قَالَ عَبْدَ And he carries on and he carries on and he finishes off his tahmeed and then, so there would be like a maybe 10, 15, 20 second like delay as you're finishing off your adhkar, your tahmeed, your tasbih uh, where then you would normally say Allahu Akbar and go into sajda but you're not because you're going to make dua after the ruku' like the author is saying. So Shaykh is saying that even though it's okay to say after Rabbana wa lakal hamd um, which is what the author is suggesting. If you want to finish off your adhkar and your tahmeed, then that's good. Not that good. He said, that's no problem. That's no problem. Then he says, 
that tahmeed to praise Allah is the key of dua. فَإِنَّ الْحَمْدَ وَالثَّنَاءَ عَلَى اللَّهِ وَالصَّلَاةُ عَلَى النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَى He goes that when it comes to praise and 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 uh, glorification and exalt and the exalting of Allah subhanahu wa taala, this is from the reasons as well as spending salam upon the Prophet sallallahu These are from the reasons of the uh, dua being accepted, right? So you know there's no problem doing that. Ibn Taymiyyah goes further. Ibn Taymiyyah in his discussion, you know, he says that you know there are some scholars that said that the the witr, uh, that, that there is no dua in witr. That a per, uh, uh, and then there are some that said this is him reporting on the opinions of the scholars. He said there are some that said there's no dua at all in witr, which obviously there's an evidence for, in fairness, from the Prophet because we don't have much hadith from him at all. And then we have um, him وسلم, making dua before the qunut in a couple of hadith, but mostly outside of witr. Then, well, they are outside of witr, they're in obligatory prayers. And then we also have him authentically, largely authentically, making the dua after the ruku'ah. And Ibn Taymiyyah said that this is one of those issues, and a number of scholars follow him, and this is my opinion, all right, uh, it's a class position as well, that the location and the place of the qunut is from ikhtilaf al tanawwar And you remember we had that discussion in Telegram, right? The difference between just differences of the scholars versus varying ways of doing an act of worship from the Prophet ﷺ. Now technically both of them are differences. Right? Both are both are categories, both are expressions of something that's been differed over. So if you've got someone that says that you don't recite Fatiha, you do recite Fatiha and you do this, whatever, that's differences. But that's not from the Prophet. ﷺ. That's opinions. People got different opinions, but we all believe our own opinion is the only correct one and the other one is incorrect. Right? So this is not something that, oh, let me go and try different ones. Versus something which we believe has been narrated differently, intentionally, for ease, for freshness, for us to try one one day, try one another day, create yani, our own little mood, create, keep freshness going and so on. Like the different du'a um, al-istiftah, uh, subhanakallahumma, etc., etc. And the different kind of, uh, you know... Uh, the different kind of phrases, you get what I'm saying. The different, uh, the different things that have been narrated in a way that are, are meant to be practiced in a different way. So this is one of those. Like the Prophet ﷺ literally. So the arms by the side, I was about to say that, but then, you know, that's particularly controversial. That's very much my own opinion. When I say my own, meaning it's a minority position, not something said by the giants, Okay. By the giants, they didn't go really that far. So when they don't, you know, say it, then you feel shy to say the same thing. But I genuinely believe that the, that the hand positions of the Prophet ﷺ is upon a tanawwa. That there is a lot, lots of flexibility in order to keep the salah fresh. I believe that, even though the sunnah is on the chest. And that was his most dominant position. And it's because it was such a dominant practice position, so dominant by him ﷺ, compared to the rest, you feel very reticent to say that the rest are all as good. When you say ikhtilaf al yani you norm- normally are indicating that, uh, that, that, that all of them are kind of equal. And that's actually one of the problems of saying this, this, this uh, of, 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 of interacting with this concept. 
because um, most of the time in all of these variation variations, okay, you can actually see um, that one has a slight kind of stronger position. And then that kind of then slightly goes against the concept. So in any case, like Ibn Taymiyyah, what did he say about this? He goes, it's good that a person doesn't do dua kunut all the time. He should leave it taratan, taratan, yani here and there. Okay. Uh, bits and pieces here and there, here and there. And when he does do it, he should do it sometimes before the ruqwa, like we do in the Hanafi school, right? Um, in the Hanafi school, We'll come to how they do it, but just where in terms of the location, meaning is before Ruqur, right? So they're standing and then they do it. I just want to say, by the way, there are some scholars that refuted this position, refuted also the hadith that stated the Prophet Sallallahu made Qunut. What was, their, what was their justification? They said that when the hadith talk about the Qunut of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi it's referring to the Qiyam, because Qunut means Qiyam, which is actually quite a good argument. And what they mean is that whenever the Prophet ﷺ did qunut before ruku'ah, right? This is obviously those that favor the third, favor the opinion of the ruku'ah as an exclusive kind of position. And in fairness, there are much more hadith about the Prophet ﷺ making dua qunut after the ruku'ah. So you can see where the logic is coming from. So if you're going with that position, remember, there's two ways, obviously. You support your position and you rubbish your opponents. So you've supported your position by saying, hey, the hadith yani indicate that the majority of the hadith are, are, are there, you know, about uh, after ruku'ah. As for the ones before, well, we can explain them away by looking at the fact that, well, it means to, uh, you know, it, it's referring to when the Prophet ﷺ prayed longer, recited more, recited extra, right? Longer qiyam, we're going to call it a qunut. Yeah, yani. but uh, it's, a, it's a fair point. In any case, as Ibn Taymiyyah said, we should make qunut sometimes, not all the times. And when we do it, we should do it before. And then when we do it other times, it should be after. Meaning that he said that perhaps the, the afterwards is better because it fulfills the sunnah of dua. We're in a position and a place where we want to make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the sunnah of Allah in dua is always to lavish the praises and the exaltations and the respects and the salutations you give basically before you take. The sunnah of Al-Fatiha. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Ar-Rahmanir Rahim. Maliki Yawmiddin. Iyaka na'abudu wa iyaka nasta'in. Right? It's all you, you praising you. He's the greatest. He's Rahman. He's Rahim, the master. It's all about him. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika. Barakasmuka. Wa ta'ala jadduka. Wa la ilaha ghayruka. It's all ba 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 ba. It's beautiful. That's the sunnah of dua. That's why when we start yani, our dua privately, we always praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just maximum. Then we start asking our things, right? Then we start asking our things. So, Sheikh said that, uh, Sheikh Hussain bin Taymiyyah, he said that it makes sense to be after the ruqwa because if you do it before ruqwa, you've just got general recitation, general Quran, which is good because that's fine, it's ibadah and all the rest of it. But 
getting into ruku' and, and making tasbih by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, tasbih, subhanak, subhanahu kuddus, subhanahu rabbil azim, and then, and then, sami'allahu liman hamidah, Allah has heard, yani, the one who has praised him, rabbana wa lakal hamd, oh Allah, to yours alhamd, now give me, give me, give me, Allah mahdini fi man halid wa afni fi I think that's sick, to be honest. I love what Ibn Taymiyyah said. And Ibn al-Qayyim, uh, Shaykh Uthameen, yani has basically summarized that. He said that, you know, this praising and, and, and exalting of Allah is just yani, one of the reasons that dua is accepted in the first place. All right. And then uh, he doesn't say, he doesn't say that you lift your uh, Juwairiya says that it would be disliked to mostly not do qunut and only do it sometimes. I don't know, that's difficult to say. Because what does that mean, man? What does sometimes mean? This is completely random. I'm, I do 50-50-ish. That's probably my... If I judge my week, I'm a three one week and I'm four another week. Three one week, four another week. I completely keep it, yeah, Ani, uh, in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a general sense. So when it says, can you argue, but you can argue that the exaltations have been done in the Fatiha before the Qunut that is done before the Ruku. You could, yeah. But they're kind of disconnected. They're kind of like, you know, you recited Fatiha, then you might go off into Baqarah. You might go off into Ayla Imran. You might go off to two, three pages. You might be talking about something else. Um, the Sunnah of Fatiha is a very dramatic one. It's a very dramatic change. Right? And from, you know, being Subhanahu Rabbil Azim, Bam, Allah Bam, 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 Bam. so, um, it's going to come, but yes, the class position is to also, on the odd occasion. So, if people, so like I said, I do, uh, because as I, as I told you before, and you know, not many scholars kind of speak about this, but the issue of the Qunut in Witr is not as established as you may think, but still is there. So as I said, some weeks it will be uh, uh, basically uh, 50%, for, but between between 40 to 60% is what I think what my, the sums work out. If I'm doing three one week and four another week, yeah, probably or whatever the sums are as as the fiqh of death students know, fractions was never my strong, <laughs> fractions was never my strong point. Anyway, or maths was not my strong point. Anyway, so, um, uh, uh, right. So that's um, how often you do the witter, uh, the, the, the qunut, sorry. As for how often you do the qabli and ba'di, all right, the before the qunut versus after. So true, Maryam, man. So true. And Abdul Ghaffar, don't write off anything that you were told to read, bro. Alright? That's coming, man. That bad boy is coming. That bad boy is coming. But yeah, what Mariam is saying, the visceral effect of saying it right after Rabbana wa alhamd. Honestly, man, it's money, that. That is a money statement. You say that and then bam, you're in. Anyway, uh, and as for, as for the amount of times you would do before, I'm a 1 in 20 kind of guy. Is very minimal related, right? A one in 20 of doing it before Ruku versus after. But yeah, I believe that it's to be mixed up and it's meant to keep you fresh, but not necessarily practice a lot. Still, the majority is after the Ruku. Okay, folks? All right. 
and uh, and then what he does, does he do? Uh, sorry, Sheikh says that uh, that the author said وَيَقْنُطُ فِيهَا بَعْدُ الرُّقُوعِ that he um, he makes the qunut after the ruku' and he says وَيَقُولَ اللَّهُمَ اهْدِنِي فِي مَنْ so the sheikh doesn't say what he does by doing this qunut does he say it out loud does he recite it does he make a dua does he raise his hands what do you do with the hands etc etc we'll come to that later rivers okay calm down man you and fiza mashallah mashallah I even read to you the, 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 the text that's coming. Right. Um, so he doesn't so he didn't mention about raising the hands. And Sheikh Uthameen says, in fairness to the author, it is one of the positions of the scholars that one doesn't raise the hands. Okay. Um that you know that that one doesn't, but that's not the reason why Imam Al Hajjawi didn't mention it. Imam Al Hajjawi does believe that you should raise the hands because the humbly position is to raise the hands, um, and this is just obviously you know a small summary. You can't put every detail in the summary. So the question is now that you know he didn't include raising hands just to be brief. However, one uh, and that is a position of the of the scholars. This is ikhtisaran la i'tibaran. Yani that means that he only did that. Because of you know hastiness, uh, you know trying to make, uh, summarize, not because that's what he believes that you're not meant to raise your hands. Um, and the correct position, of course, is that you do raise your hands. And I say, of course, meaning that the Sunnah establishes that more than not, it is completely permissible to not raise your hands. Okay, um, but uh, we do raise our hands, and the reason we raise our hands. Is because of the hadith of Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Umar ibn al-Khattab narrated by Imam al-Bayhaqi in his Sunan, uh, volume 2, page 212. And this athar, narration from him, is authentic. That he radiallahu an used to raise his hands in the dua of witr. In the dua of witr, he used to raise his hands. And Shaykh Uthameen says... That he is from not just the Sahaba, but he is from the Khulafa al-Rashidin, and the Khulafa al-Rashidin are a special uh, uh, exempt, not exempt, a special uh, group that of the companions that are also followed in of themselves. And Omar is even more emphasized. So you're meant to follow the companions generally, but that's normally for Ijma. Then you're meant to follow the big companions because they're major, major players and they've got du'a made for them. Then the Khulafa al-Rashidin, they are the special, special, yani selected companions. And then you've got Abu Bakr and Umar who have the Prophet Sallallahu specific, uh, specific dua that... Uh, <laughs> I said special huda, which is nice, actually. They do, but they also have dua. They have special dua. <laughs> I was speaking to Sheikh Walid today. He goes to me. He goes to me, man, this guide of lightness yani, is so important. I've got to teach it. I said, what's that? He goes to the guide of light, light of guidance. And I said, you know what? To be honest, I like guide of lightness. I like guide of lightness. I like that. There's a ring to that. <laughs> anyway, so they are the elite of the elite. All right. These are two. The Prophet said that I want you to follow them specifically. So Omar's actions are to be followed 
legislatively, right? Un unless, of course, it goes against the jamhur, goes against the majority, goes against the sunnah, the Prophet normal uh, rules still apply. But especially when there's no information available, all right, or there's no narrations uh, uh, around, then you got an Umar narration. Bam, we're taking out both hands, bro. Both hands. All right. So, uh, and that hadith, by the way, of of of, of following the uh, following Umar radiallahu anhu is narrated by Imam Bukhari, hadith number four five six zero. Now, question: How do we actually uh, raise our hands? Okay, how do we raise our hands? Um, some of the scholars they said that you raise your hands to the chest. And not any yani, so far. And this is because, uh, by the way, we're not talking about dua generally, we're talking about the dua of Wuta. So you raise it to the chest, that's here, okay? If I bring it in straight, then it's hit my chest. If you can't see, let me just go like that. There you go. All right? So raise it to the chest. That's in terms of height. Don't, fo don't follow the hands just yet, okay? We we're getting there. So raise it to the chest and not to the sky. And the reason I say that, not sorry, the reason the Sheikh Uthameen says that is because this is not the dua of ibtihad. This is not the um, dua of absolute desperation, even though dua is a desperate act. But this is not the dua of those kind of certain scenarios in which the Prophet has requested that. And we know that he did make dua like this, so much so that arm pits were, were 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 uncovered so much so that the 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 burda of the nabi sallallahu came off and it just hanging on loose it came off right we used to know that he used to do that sallallahu from time to time especially in battle but anyway we come to that later and this is a dua of raghba this is a dua of Yani, I want you to know that there are there are different times for different types of du'a. When a person's doing this, it's an absolute desperation. When you're making du'a, Allah mahdini fi man hadayt wa afini fi man This doesn't make sense to be saying, Oh Allah, guide me of those who have guided. This is like a, I don't know what the word is. Like I don't want to say polite, civilized du'a. It sounds horrible, but it's like a. Yani, he he says it's the du'a of yearning. A dua being made in earnest. A dua of longing. I don't know how to make intimate, maybe. I like that. I like that. Intimate. Maybe that's that's what word I'm looking for. I like that. Well done, Zakmullah Khajwari. So so that's that's yeah. So that's that, that's the height issue. All right, that's the height issue. As for um, and then he uh, uh, obviously the uh, 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 the the, ha, ha, the palms are not to the sky. I know you might think yeah, what's going on there, but that as that is possible, right? In certain narrations, but. This is it is this yani out the the, the 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 back of the hands are outwards and the the the, the fingers uh, uh, in, uh, in and the 
majority of the, the people of knowledge, what is understood from them when they are speaking about dua and trying to explain the hadith of the Prophet is very interesting how Sheikh Uthameen says this, okay, for the for the those that you know uh, 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 students of knowledge and students of hadith. Look at how he says, He goes on what it seems to be apparent from the people of knowledge. He didn't even say from the Zahir of the Riwayah or the Zahir of the Hadith or from the Zahir of Hadith or from the Zahir of the Prophet and Sunnah. And that's because there are certain actions and narrations from the Prophet which they themselves are actually quite general, right? Or not necessarily general, but you have to rely on some major insight from deep, big, big time scholars to try to unpack from a statement which doesn't say anything, right? Some kind of secret behavior. It's like coming to a murder scene and you thinking that you've seen the little clues and you've worked it out, you've taken your notes and you've worked it out. And then one of these Yanni Poirot kind of guys coming down and, you know, Sherlock Holmes and mind map temples and they do a mad one, right? They see this, that, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And there's a lot of you know, presumption, but that presumption is coming because they've got game. They've been there, or they were younger, and they, they've done it themselves, or, you know, that's what, that's what I'm trying to say. And so I think it's very interesting that, that he does that. And that is because it is quite difficult to unpack exactly, super accurately, how the Prophet ﷺ 100% his hands. But Sheikh Uthameen says, what it seems from the scholars is that they're preferring that this was the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. To keep the, the hands together, all right. To keep the ga- hands uh, uh, together, like the one Yani who is you know taking something and wanting something, okay. Um, as for a tafrij and al muba'ada, okay, then we don't know. Um, we don't know of a basis for that. It again doesn't say. It's not um it's not yeah any from the dean or something like that it's bid'ah or whatever he didn't say that because i don't know of a basis for that neither from the sunnah or from the words of the scholars okay or from the words of the scholars and so therefore okay uh rehan if you mean a dham like this because this is dham Okay, when you combine, when you put, whether you do it fingers up or whether you do it like this or do it like this, right? This is all, that's why I said, yani, tafarruj and tabarud. Let me just, let me do it like this, okay? So this is, a, yani, uh, when, yani, when you put your fingers, when you put your hands together. This is tafarruj, this is tabarud, right? So, this is this is apart and this is far. And so what I mean by that, okay, is right when we do a tafarruj or tafrij, both of them work, okay? This is going um this is going separate like this, okay? No, no. You mean like this. This is what you mean, isn't it? I can't click on links because that's what happens last time. I'm guessing that this is... No, I'm not guessing anything. But you mean like this. Sheikh Nadadu, he makes a dua like this. 
He's always made dua like that. I'm trying to say to you that dham yani means together, touching. Not yani, uh, not necessarily has to be like that, like that, or like that. But what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that the hands are together. If I say your hands are together, okay? If I said your hands are together, this would be hands together, this would be hands together, this would be hands together. You get my point? So, as I said from the Arabic, yani to be together, that's what dham means, to be together, all of this is interpretation of that. Now, there are some athar that would indicate yani, some nature of the, the shanaqita, the point, one of the very interesting things about the shanaqita, especially yani, those that are of the aqidah of Ahlul Sunnah, like yani, the Dadu school, like his uh, uncle and so on, Sheikh Muhammad Salim, rahmatullah, yani, is that they obviously hardcore on the evidences and they really, you know, they're not, they don't restrict themselves to the Maliki school. However, the, the ulama and the athar and the tabi'een and the, the salaf that were living around Medina, they take their narrations very, very seriously. And that's where you start to get very, very specific yani, details. For example, yani, in tashahud, putting the finger in between, for example, right? To, to, to putting it in between, like not, not just making uh, like the standard Maliki position, which is to do this and then turn it like that and then make movements, but also, right? And then also um, with the feet. Anyway, my point is, is that these little moves, they take it from the, uh, the Salaf. In any case, generally what I want to say to you is that normally we make dua like this, right? And this is tafrij, apart. Sometimes, you know, you see people, you'll see people making dua, I'll, I'll just kind of, you know, like that. You see him standing there saying like this, like low down. Like they're carrying something. Like that. Look, they do make dua like that. You'll see him. You won't see a pack. A pack would die any rather than do that because pack thinks his dua is going to be thrown in the bin yani, if he does something like that. But the Arabs, for example, Arabs all over the show. I've always told you before, Arabs are very relaxed when it comes to salah. Packs yani, have no idea what's going on. So they all do it in a very kind of ritualistic and yani, robotic way. Right? So that's, yani, you know, Imran Khan is like the most, uh, you know, don't, Imran Khan is the least pack, pack ever. He's Oxford educated, bro, come on. So, that, and that has no basis, as far as we know, and to be wide apart, you know, I want more, it's all, it's all aql kind of stuff, right? As Maryam said, that the du'a's answer will fall through your open fingers. Keep it tight, keep it yani, whatever, etc., etc. Right? I want, I'm asking for everything, all this kind of stuff. And that's all cultural, that. It's all cultural. Um, and there you go. Look, Rezan just spent and smashed it one. Start from here and then keep going bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Why not? Why not? So, um, yeah. Yeah, so so in terms of the place of where you look at, there is no narration which indicates that the Prophet ﷺ continued or didn't continue to look at the sajda. So if a person looks at his hands, that's okay. person closes his eyes temporarily, that's okay, even though we know that the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ is to not close his eyes yani, in this 
uh, uh, kind of a situ uh, situation. All right, so yeah, any now, uh, what do I want to say? So basically, I'm saying that we should keep our hands together when we're making dua, it should be in front of us. This should be our default position of dua. This is our default position of dua. That's not to say it's haram to do this, and it's not to say that when you're feeling desperate, but it's certainly in salah. And I think I've spoken about this before. I'm pretty sure I have. That the 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 Hanafis, in my opinion, have got many many things spot on when it comes to the witter. Reviving the before ruku' thing, I like that. Even though, of course, they only make it as a big problem, but you know, we just take what we can get. The issue of keeping it very formal, not making it so much about the hands, because I have to also say that I'm very comfortable with no hands being used, and I do that a bit as well. Okay, because there is no necessary sunnah that you must raise your hands per se from the Prophet ﷺ, even though Omar did it, which means that I would do it most of the time. But I like the fact that the Hanafis don't; they just maintain carry on, you know, like as if they're praying, you know, their way. Obviously, takbir as a whole bid'ah, no doubt about that. They go Allahu Akbar and then they, they, I mean, it is what it is. You get what you get. But the timing, very short, minimal dua, minimum elongation. We don't care if it's 27th night, 29th night, blah, blah, blah. If we're going to kill you, we're going to kill you afterwards, yani, with the dua after the prayer. But in salah, we respect the salah. Ain't nobody raising their voice and screaming and ya hanan, ya manan, singing. Busting their poetry, busting their favorite lines, all the crowd pleasers, bring them out. Yeah, having everyone going, Ya Allah, Ya Allah. We can't have that behavior, bro. You won't have that madness in a packed mosque. You would not have that madness in a packed mosque, bro. We got that under control. All right, the fact that it's uh, you know, calm and cool and quiet and respectful, and even though, like I said, the hands are not there, but the whole thing. That's very much, right? It's all coming, Habib. All coming. It's all coming. Okay, all coming. What's going to happen afterwards? Where had the hands go? What's going on? Right. Uh, so Sheikh Uthameen also just makes the point that if he makes uh, the the dua the, the before it, um, then then that's fine. Uh, someone's asking, well, how, how would it work if you did do it? Harris is asking, how would you do the qunut before? So it would be, uh, for example, وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لَهُ كُفُوًا أَحَدٍ اللَّهُمَّ هَدِنِي فِي مَنْ هَدَيْتُ Sorry, اللَّهُمَّ إِنِّي نَسْتَعِينُكَ وَنَسْتَغَفِرُكَ Okay, and then اللَّهُمَّ هَدِنِي فِي مَنْ هَدَيْتُ وَصَلَّ اللَّهُ سَلَّمْ وَارَكَ لَنِي بِنَا مُحَمَّدْ وَعَلَىٰ آلِهِ وَصَحْبِ أَجْبَعِينَ We'll discuss whether you wipe the hands or not. It would then be اللَّهُ أَكْبَرْ if you're doing it before Ruku'ah. So you would just finish your Surah. And just go straight into Dua. Alright. And then you would go into Ruku'ah. That is what it looks like when you're doing it before. If you're doing it afterwards. Then as you know. Samiyallahu liman hamida rabbana wa lakal hamd. Alright. Allahumma hadini fi man hadayt. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa barakatuh muhammad. Wa ala alayhi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahu Akbar. Straight into sajda. Alright. So that's how it would look like. Alright. And then the Sheikh says, as we reach 1 minute and 11, and we're going for a few more minutes, okay. He then says, وَقَوْلُهُ يَقْنُطُ فِيهَا يعني, That he makes قُنُوت in the witter. 
and that indicates يعني, that it is a sunnah, that the qunut itself is sunnah. Now, you've already should have worked that out. A lot of people ask that question, you know, if you, uh, 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 the, how do you, uh, what's the ruling of qunut? What happens if you forgot to do qunut? Blah, blah, blah. I've already told you that from the Prophet ﷺ, we hardly have ever seen a qunut in the witr aslan. So how can a person say, you know, it's part of the witr or it's obligation? Nobody says that. Nobody. Even the ahnaf don't say that. Okay? As far as I know. Like nobody says. It's a sunnah to perform according to some scholars. That's the position of Imam Ahmed. Okay? Um, and some of them said that it is a sunnah to do every single night. So witr every single night. And then some said that it is only sometimes. And then some of the, the, the scholars said that the qunut is only in Ramadan. And some said that it is only in the second half of Ramadan, like a Shafi'i, for example, and a position from Imam Malik. So you've got every night in Witr, most nights of the year in the Witr, only in Ramadan in the Witr, and then the minimum position, which is a position of Shafi'i, and so on, is that it is in the second the, the, the latter part the second part of ramadan the second half of ramadan only and you'd be interesting it's interesting to see why some of the scholars say that and one the reason of well let's actually we'll carry on with that um and sheikh uthameen says and it has not been established page 19 it has not been established from the prophet وسلم, any authentic hadith that he did qunut in the witr okay that he did qunut in a witr, something that I alluded to earlier on. Lakin, lakin har shay. Sorry, I just couldn't resist. Hey man, I just came to my mind. Lakin, she goes. Lakin, she's got such a lovely face. Hey man, all right. Lakin, however. In the hadith which is narrated by Ibn Majah with a weak chain which a number of scholars considered it to be acceptable meaning Hassan because of its supporting evidences and supporting chains um, and Sheikh Al-Bani is one of those people okay, who considered it to be Hassan um, the narration indicates that An-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did the qunut in witr. Okay? As for Imam Ahmad himself, he straight out, bad man said, it is, uh, it is not narrated, it is no authentic hadith from the Prophet at all. Neither before the ruku', neither after the ruku', that he did Qunut in Witr. No. The only thing that we have is that narration from Umar radiallahu an, and that is authentic and that's what we're going with. Okay? Now, Sheikh says, the one who thinks about this and reflects on the prayer of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, especially the night prayer specifically, If you really think about it, he doesn't really do qunut in witr. If you think about the narrations. 
And really what he's doing is more focusing on making his prayer odd than as, as opposed to making a separate dua in the qunut itself, in the witr itself. His focus is ending the night on an odd with a prayer as opposed to a dua in the actual single unit in of itself. And Sheikh says that's what I prefer. That's what is better. That you do not continuously do the qunut in the witr. Because that has not been established from the Prophet ﷺ. However, don't think that that's not something which is bid'ah. Or that it's not done. Because the Prophet ﷺ himself taught Hassan. Okay. Al-Hassan meaning his grandson. Radiallahu anhuma. The dua that you use in the qunut of witr. He taught Al-Hassan the dua that you use. So that means that this turns into what we call a sunnah qawliya and not fi'liya. This is a sunnah that has been established verbally from the Prophet ﷺ as opposed to his own personal action. And Maryam has yani, wonderfully summed it up. Our focus is not in the right place. And we've been speaking about this for so long. More obsessed about the qunut witr and yani, you know, the, the, the ritualistic nature of it than the witr yani, aspect of it. Okay? And, and. So Sheikh Uthameen says, the fact that the Prophet ﷺ taught Al-Hasan shows that it's sunnah. It's a, it's a recommended act to do here and there and you're never going to be punished for it or it's never going to be bad. But it's not from his own personal action, uh, rather from his statement. However, some of them, you know, Sheikh Uthameen says, however, there are some scholars that said that this ather of, of, uh, of, um, of uh, Al-Hasan is weak because of hidden faults. Uh, narrated by Imam Ahmed, for those who want to look at it further, in volume 1, hadith number 199. And it's also narrated by Imam Abu Dawood, 1425. Uh, of course, um, Al-Hakim yani said it is authentic according to the conditions of the Bukhari and Muslim. Not that that means too much. But what does have a lot of weight is that Imam At-Tirmidhi, he considered this hadith to be good. He acted according to this hadith as well. So there are giants behind this hadith. It's no joke. Alright? So can we say it's not an emphasized sunnah? It's difficult to say that. So the qunut in and of itself is a prescribed sunnah. I like that better but not its performance in witr specifically. Um, not its uh, performance in witr specifically. I don't even know whether that's yani, the most complete statement because this dua, if we accept this athar and we should, the majority of scholars consider it to be authentic, it is specific to the witr. Okay? I want to say kunut, yani, um, kunut, uh, 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 kunut um, not constructively, kunut, uh, um, uh, kunut, Structurally, structurally, that's the word. Structurally, qunut is in of itself a prescribed sunnah. The dua that is said would change from place and time and so on. So, for example, we know that the qunut in the obligatory prayer is an absolute prescribed sunnah when there's a disaster. And it's also sometimes in Fajr time as well, and all the prayers, but then that could be classified as the disaster. We're going to come to that in a couple of weeks. 
that yani, is done as for the content, you are not meant to be making Allah Mahdini Fiman Hadayti yani, in a calamity. Right? So, whereas Allah Mahdini Fiman Hadayti the dua, it is for witter. That's why we say it. That's why it, the, the answer is somewhere in between what Sumer is saying, what Juwari is saying. But, you know. So, um, by the way, the, 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 just so that you know, it's something very interesting. And we'll finish with this, yeah. Um, one of the main reasons that some of the scholars said that this hadith of uh, Al-Hassan is unacceptable. And by the way, it's not because of a weak chain. There's no narrators in the chain that are a problem. That's why Imam Tirmidhi had no problem with it. They said the hadith has the fault that is hidden from the outside. The statement's fine. The action's fine. The dua meaning is fine. The chain of narrators is fine. This is a really nice point, folks. Focus on this one. All right. What's not fine is the common sense behind it. It's the common sense that lets this hadith down. They said that Al-Hasan, to have narrated this hadith, the maximum age that he could have been was eight years old. How could he have told us this hadith with this accuracy at the age of eight years old? And Shaykh Uthameen says, come on, this is not an illa which is qadiha, fatal. This is not a fatal fault. Or a fatal error. Okay. He goes that. Yani many eight-year-olds are able to learn and study and teach and so on and so forth. What do you think about Amr ibn Salama al-Jarmi radiallahu anhu? He says that this young companion used to lead the Muslims and he was seven years old. Seven years old. The amount of things that my Hibba teaches me. And she's still six. And I mean lines. She will repeat lines. Nah man, come on. Kids are kids, man. MashaAllah. And actually, Sheikh Uthameen here says that maybe he was even six. Amr was even either seven or six. And he led them because he was He was the most versed in the book. And at that age, it wasn't understanding. It was memorized amount. Right? So, and also very good, Jawairiya. Yani if we're going to find a kid who's going to have something special, it's going to be the grandson of the Prophet Right. Um, anyway, so uh, uh, and by the way, the hadith of Amr leading the prayer while he was six or seven is narrated in Bukhari, hadith number uh, four three zero two. Um, as for uh, Sheikh uh, sorry, and then he just uh, ends with this point, and then we finish. That means we've covered four pages, and now Marina and with that, we'll be very happy. Um, that when he says after Ruqwa, it indicates almost that the Sheikh is not including um, before Ruqwa. It's not allowed. But as we said, the Madhab says that it is allowed before and after. And uh, that's yani, something which uh straightforward. And by the way, this is how it was done with the Prophet. This is how it was done with the Prophet in the obligatory prayer when he when we have number of hadith number of hadith that have got it narrated um and uh, both of them i think are in bukhari i could be wrong but i think both are in bukhari certainly the one before is in bukhari narrated bukhari um 1002 
okay? 1002, and also narrated by Imam Muslim as well. 675, all right? The hadith which indicate before ruku'ah. So anyway, وَعَلَيْهِ فَيَكُونَ مَوْدِعُ الْقُنُوتِ مِنْ سُنَنِ الْمُتَنَوِّعَةِ الَّتِي يَفْعَلُهُ أَحْيَانًا حَاكَذَا وَأَحْيَانًا حَاكَذَا It's a wonderful statement to end with, okay? And that therefore that the position of the qunut belongs to that category that we have called as-sunan al-mutanawwi'ah. What I told you, يعني, an example of ikhtilaf al-tanawwi'ah, or, or you can call it a different thing, you can say that the witr, that the qunut of witr, write this down, the qunut of witr is from as-sunan al-mutanawwi'ah. As-sunan al-mutanawwi'ah. Those sunan actions that you do by mixing it up. Okay? Alright? Alati yaf'aluha ahyanan hakada wa ahyanan hakada. That one does sometimes like this and sometimes like that. Sometimes before, sometimes after. And that's the end of the story, folks. Alright? That's a good. That's a, you know what? Marina, well done. I don't know what for because I was still dead all the way through. But it is what it is. All right, let's answer some questions. Yes, Luna, absolutely, of course. Luna, number one. Number two, as Ahlam said, yani, we had girls getting married at nine, man. Girls getting married at ten. And you're worried about yani, what man's yani knows at eight years old. We're talking yani, killers they were. Killers. All right? Light years ahead. Um, so... Let's have a look here. How, uh, uh, yeah, Asma, it's a very good question. And truth is that there is no hadith that specifies. So the matter is open. The hadith which specifies surah, as far as I know, every hadith which specifies exact surahs are in the three rakaat iteration, which is another proof, side proof, that the three is the most common, basic, complete version. The basic complete version. Let's make sure we don't m- m- miss out, Yani, that debate. I'm still with it. I still want to go with it. And still with two taslims as well. Anyone wants to argue, I want to look forward to that argument. All right? I will make a comeback into the group, Yani, sometime maybe this week. A very busy next few days. All right. What class position are we going with respect to Qunut and Witr? Sunnah to do Witr or Sunnah to vary doing it, abstaining from it? I think both are the same, Sumera. It is Sunnah to do Witr. And it is, and that sunnah is to sometimes do it and sometimes not do it. Okay? Sunnah to do it, sometimes sunnah to not do it. Okay, everybody? That's what the sunnah is. Um, and we say that even though we don't have a hadith from the action of the Prophet, but he told the people to do it. So that's that. Um, should we not be doing. Takbir before Qunut. No, there's no evidence for that. Okay? That's just a pack thing. And in your case, Yani. Arab-Somali thing as well. Um, let's have a look here. If the Prophet ﷺ liked three raka'ah for witr, does this mean three is better than five, seven, nine, eleven? No. I'm just saying that that was something that he prayed quite a lot. Or we have quite a few hadith about. But there's probably more hadith for eleven or more authentic hadith for 11 than anything else. I need to think about that. I'm not too sure which number gets the most. But three is very well established by all the scholars as like that. Adnal Kamal. 
If Fajr starts as we pray the second rak'ah of Witr, would that mean we miss the Witr prayer? Isn't that coming afterwards? We do that. I've got a lot to speak about that. Did we do it last week? How you make it up and stuff. Yeah, we did it last week. Right, okay. My, my apologies. Right. If Fajr starts as we pray the second rak'ah of Witr, would that mean we missed the Witr prayer because there are two Taslims? i.e. when you give the first taslim and stand up to do the third rak'ah, it's already fajrs. Or do we need to change the, inter the intention during the prayer to pray three rak'ah with one pair taslim? You don't need to do that, but that's what I would do. You don't need to do that, but it's better than now ending the prayer and ending a two and then standing up to do a single. Okay, That's got more basis in my opinion. Because you shouldn't really be praying any witr now. The time started and that's the end of it. Now obviously we do know... By the way, I just want to add, you know that I said that some of the companions used to pray between up until the, the, the witr prayer until Iqama and Ibn Uthaymin alayhi rahmatullah said, you know, that's just not on. It's against the, the hadith, against the sunnah and everything. However, um, it is, uh, you know, the point still stands. There are companions that used to do it. And Abdullah ibn Mas'ud is one of them. And authentically narrated as well. So, I don't want to say it's a major, major thing. You know, a person finishing off the two rak'ah, Fajr started, then standing up to do one. Even though you know what I said, it's gone. And in my opinion, you've got to do it afterwards. But if I'm doing it, then I'm turning it into a three. As opposed to a two and a one. All right? All right. Um, I can only find... Clearly citing the Prophet did one rak'ah. Is there another explicitly evidenced version? Oh my god. That's major questions, man. Isn't it in the book? Can you have you looked in have you looked in Zad, right? Because there's so many different narrations there, man. Don't make me go and do that again, bro. Come on, please. You're gonna kill me, man. If the Imam at your local masjid prays with her like Maghrib, should you stay silent during the first tashahud? No, you would recite the first tashahud. That's a very important question, by the way. When you're following another Imam, you follow the way they do it, number one. Number two, Whenever you're in the salah, never is silence better than zikr. Remember, remember that. Never is silence better, better than zikr. Never. And Allah knows best. Should you avoid praying witr regularly behind this imam? Yes, I think so. If you don't believe that yani, that's the, 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 the right one, then why would you do it? If you wanted to make up the hajjid, is that possible? Yes. If you wanted to make up the hajjid, if you didn't yani, get it done that night, then you would pray in the daytime at Doha time. Similar to the way that you would do if you missed Witr. Remember, by the way, if someone missed Witr, it means that they didn't pray the Hajjid. There are some scholars that said the Prophet ﷺ never made up Witr. He was just making up the Hajjid. You know, I said that you do even in the day for making up the odd from the night. Yeah, so if you missed yani, three raka'ah of Witr, then you make four raka'ah of um Four raka'ah of Salat al-Duha prayer in the forenoon, yeah, mid-morning. There are some scholars said that the witr is a sunnah prayer. There's no making it up. It's not even from the, the rawatib. Don't, don't make it up. And actually what's being made up is the missed opportunity of the tahajjud prayer. Now, not that I accept that, but not that, not, not that that's my opinion. But I just want you to be aware that if you wanted to, you didn't pray tahajjud, you could do that. 
So in a case, for example, if you didn't pray your tahajjud and you didn't pray witr, which totaled uh, 11 raka'ah, for example, then you could do 12 in the daytime, theoretically speaking. But yani, I don't think it should become a sunnah. Is it alright to say the qunud dua in sajda? Yes, it is allowed to do that. What's the evidence for those who say qunud is done in Ramadan only? Hadith that are coming, okay? But this is basically the Prophet ﷺ dua against Mudar uh, uh, and against yani, the kuffar of Quraysh. Bare minimum is one witr without qunud. Yeah, basic standard is three witr mixing it up with and without qunud, mostly after ruku, but can occasionally before. Juwaria went full Sarah there. Sarah, I should say. Yes, Juwaria, that's correct. Okay. What is the class position? Alright, that's enough questions, man. What's going on? It's gone mental. That's enough. What is the class position regarding three witr done with two tashahuds and one taslim? As proponents of it cite that it is still dissimilar to Maghrib by having a second surah in the third raka'ah and a dua of kunut. Yeah, as I said last week, some of the scholars said that. And uh, no, our position is, is that the obvious is what we go by. The majority position understanding of that hadith is what we go by. And that this is not an acceptable way. But but when I say not acceptable way, I don't mean that a person can't pray it. I just told you that if you're praying behind Imam, you'd carry on doing it. You know, it's acceptable prayer. It's a mujtahid position. It's a position of of yani, you know, our our scholars who are qudwa. Uh, but it's not our class position at all. Yani, we shouldn't be doing it like that. You should be doing it three or two and one. All right. If you started it with the intention of doing two one, you can change it. Yes, to do three. You can. Some scholars said no. I'm, I'm okay with that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Okay. Um, can you please explain why I'll do that, Mesa, about Fajr? Okay. Uh, I will do that. Uh, for the witr, would the wajib of the salah be different to other prayers? For the witr, would the wajib of the salah be different? I'm thinking if yes, it will impact if you do or do not do perform sajda sahu if you forget to read the second surah. The third raka'ah given doing this is something unique, the witr. If you forget to read the second surah. Right, I don't know what's happened there, Mustafa, but basically there is no need, there's no sajda for missing a surah anyway. Okay? And I don't, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't understand your question. <laughs> I don't understand your question, bro. No more questions. No more questions. Ras, behave yourself, Ali Kamal, man. Ali Kamal, that's a thingy question. All right, no. In fact, I can tell you right now, that's not even going to be answered on Telegram. I'm going to be teaching a class on zakat and it's going to have a absolute, maybe one or two hours on pensions. All right? And that's going to be probably the last weekend of, the last weekend of March or maybe maybe even the first week of April and you'll get two or three shots at taking it over that. That's what you need to do, okay? Because that's no joke what you're asking for. Those are our questions they are. Um, how would you do the qunut in a three straight? Exactly the same. First raka'ah, second raka'ah. In your third raka'ah, you would do it after the uh, 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 ruku'ah of the third raka'ah and then sit down. There's no difference yeah, in, in, in... Three straight doesn't change anything to do with the... the, the three straight doesn't change the qunut not being in the last one. It's always in the last one. Okay, all right. Uh, let's do this now. Okay, let's get our brain. You see, it's unfair now because I didn't want to read that mega long hadith because my brain is hurting, right? By Sumera, 
uttering this. Oh, I'm going to read hers now. You see, I can't. You've got to be fair. If I'm going to read Yani Sada's essay, I've got to read this one. This is hadith. It's more deserving. Aisha said, between the time when the Prophet Muhammad finished the Isha approach to call Atma, the people used to pray 11 rak'ah, uttering the salutation at the end of every two rak'ah and observing the witter of a single one. And when the Mu'addin had finished the call for the dawn prayer, he saw the dawn clearly, and then the Mu'addin had come to him, he stood up and prayed two short rak'ah. Then he laid down on his right side. I don't understand what the issue is here. I could only find evidence they did one rak'ah witter. Uh, explicitly, I think you will find one, but we don't need it because we know that the Prophet ﷺ only prayed eight rak'ah of tahajjud, which by definition means that he was praying, and then we know that the Prophet ﷺ, Aisha also said that he used to pray 11 rak'ah in the night. That his most common kind of statement. So eight being said and 11 being mentioned indicates that three rak'ah is what's, be, what's going on uh, there. Yani that's one way of looking at it. This one here also, Alright, also does not negate the fact that Aisha is watching him do that, but in actual fact is doing a two and a one. So it's still three rak'ah, but a two and a one. If that makes sense. You go through all the hadith, you'll you work it out. You're gonna to have to put the hard work in. Alright? You gotta put the work in. Alright, the basic complete version of Witter, three rak'at, with a taslim after the second rak'ah. And one unit on its own, i.e. one unit of two rak'ah concluded by taslim and one unit on its own. On its, you've written on its one, it should be on its own. All three prayed continuously, continu- <laughs> continuously, without any tashahud. That's correct. Okay, first rak'ah ala kafirun ikhlas. All right, in the third rak'ah, there's the qunut, a dua recited in the prayer. Yeah, it is important to understand that the emphasis in witr it's on ending the night on a prayer with an odd number of units and not on the du'a per se. I just say per se because I like that. It just softens the sentence. Witr qunut, I would call it qunuti witr just because of the pack we are. Okay, but witr qunut in English is fair enough. Is not a hugely established act. Therefore, it is a sunnah and not an obligation or rukun. There are no narrations from the Prophet ﷺ reciting witr qunut, but it is a prescribed sunnah and not a bid'ah as the Prophet ﷺ taught his grandson the du'a witr qunut. Correct. There are varying opinions about how often it should be said. Every night of the year, most nights of the year, only Ramadan, only second night of Ramadan. The class position is that Witr Qunut is to be varied between the below as it falls under the concept of variated Sunan. <laughs> variated Sunan. Or diversity in variance. I like that behavior, bro. Witr Qunut should be sometimes be said and sometimes missed. When it is said, the preferred location is after rising from the Ruku'ah. It can also be said before the Ruku'ah on rare occasion. Performing the Witr Qunut. Raising one's hands to the sky whilst reciting the Witr Qunut. Yeah, you know, the problem is, is that raising one's hands to the sky immediately makes you do this. There is a legitimate position that one should not raise one's hands while reciting the du'a. That's correct. The class position... Yeah, I think the first statement just needs to be, I don't know, changed. Because I don't know why we're talking about that. Okay, The class position, the Sunnah establishes raising one's hands when reciting the Witr Qunut. Yep, that's raising... Both hands should be raised similarly with one chest, not do of desperation. Palms should be inwards, yep, facing one's chest. Hands should be kept together and tight near the body. This summary is brought to you by Mango, Passion, Lipton, Iced Tea. That's the reason why it's got spelling mistakes and the only some Bartil statements. Because there's only one Lipton Iced Tea and that's lemon. That's the only one that should be drunk ever. Jazakumullahu khaira. Barakallahu feekum subhanakallahu wa bihamdika. Shadu an la ilaha illa anta wa astaghfiruka Allahumma wa atubu ilayk. 
والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته شزادة